Aloha. It's Wednesday, it's 11 o'clock, it's October the 6th, 2021. Time for only one thing, one thing only. It's time for What Now America. I'm Tim Apicelli, your host. Thank you for joining us. Today's title is Facebook Under Fire, Whistleblower Comes Out. Back in 1996, uh, there was a scientist by the name of Dr. Jeffrey Wigand. And in 1996, he did an interview for 60 Minutes that changed the nature of the tobacco company forever. It was what, uh, what he provided in the interview and testimony before Congress led to the biggest uh, settlement uh, in the United States history. And that was to break down big tobacco. What uh, Dr. Wigand discovered was that uh, the cigarette companies were spiking cigarettes with nicotine to ensure that their consumers would be addicted to them. And of course, we know what cigarettes does. It causes cancer and all sorts of uh, bad ill health effects. So now it's 2021 and we have yet another whistleblower, but she's not talking about cigarettes and she's not talking about nicotine spiking. What she is bringing forth in a 60 Minutes interview last Sunday and her testimony before Congress, before the Senate committee uh, yesterday, was to talk about Facebook and how Facebook has basically not regulated their own content the, the content that is separating and polarizing Americans, not only about political um, leanings, but also regarding uh, the virus, the COVID virus and the vaccines. And that's how we're getting into polarization about the effectiveness of a vaccine that ultimately uh, has led to over 700,000 deaths and many of them needlessly. So we're gonna talk about this whistleblower. Her name is Frances Haugen. And again, she's a former employee of Facebook. And, and the information she provided in the 60 Minutes interview and before Congress. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Jay Fidel. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tim. Um, you know, it's not easy being a whistleblower. Um, and she certainly, whistleblowers by and large are often ridiculed by both sides. And it's a hard road to, you know, to, to handle. Yet in the 60 Minutes interview and her testimony before Congress, plus the treasure trove of thousands of documents she uh, came up with from Facebook, the internal documents, internal studies and analysis. Um, she's coming off very credible. Uh, what's your impression of, of, of uh, Frances Haugen and uh, how she's performed and handled herself with the allegations she's brought forth? She's competent. She's been with several social media companies, a handful at least, from various points of view, she's she's worked on, um, you know, their algorithms and their policies. She was part of the team that was supposed to, um, you know, uh, uh, cut out some of these objectionable postings on Facebook. That team was disbanded, which really started her and a bunch of her colleagues down a road of of whistleblowing. And um, I would say she's courageous, too. There was something in the press this morning about how some people feel that although your testimony in front of Congress is, um, you know, privileged and is not, does not subject you, you know, you're immune from suit over it, uh, especially as a whistleblower, her testimony, her, her comments to, to 60 Minutes and in the press may not be so privileged uh, and she may not be so immune and be those people who don't like her, who might go after her. But the bottom line on that is that's nuts. 
you know, she's obviously doing this for the right reason. Um, she's doing this to help this, the country and the public and the world. Uh, who is ever going to go after her for revealing things that are true uh, from a, an opinion of competence? So um, I have great regard for her. I would, I would note to you, though, Tim, that a few years ago, the name of the movie is not in my head right now. There was a movie about Facebook and about uh, Cambridge Analytica and how Facebook collaborated with them and they represented, um, you know, Russia and its efforts to uh, with the what employment research agency and disinformation um, to affect our um, elections. So Facebook has been involved in this kind of thing for a long time. Um, and, you know, Zuckerberg, in my opinion, Zuckerberg doesn't have a conscience. He doesn't have a sense of humor either. Uh, he is bent on only one thing, making making more and more and more money, even though he's one of the most wealthy individuals in the world right now. And he has uh, more influence. And the third thing I want to point out to you, maybe we should discuss, is the coincidence of her testimony and their, um, their bad experience, was it Monday, where they were offline somewhere between five and eight hours. Uh, they and, um, and, and the, their chat and their uh, Instagram programs were all offline. A lot of speculation about that. Um, but I think you have it. It hasn't happened before. It's very unusual. And it was worldwide. And it, it came on the heels of this whole affair. And I say to myself, that coincidence is not a coincidence. My view of it is either A, uh, they did it to garner sympathy, possibly, or more likely, somebody else in the company did it in order to, um, you know, whistleblow from the inside, to do uh, sabotage maybe, on the inside. Maybe it was give the world a break from Facebook and how delightful that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, they lost, they lost a lot of money in that one day because of yeah, the, sure the ad screenplay. Hey, you know, I do want to point out... Um, you know, first off, to be a whistleblower against one of the richest people in the country and one of the strongest $1 trillion asset-based uh, companies in the world, um, that's a pretty daunting task. But I think um, she may be somewhat immune because she has filed claims against the Securities Exchange Commission. And part of the Frank Dodd uh, laws back in 2008, one of the provisions was that if an employee um, can bring forth a whistleblower complaint uh, that underroads the confidence of that corporation to its investors, uh, internal documents are part of that whistleblower protection. So I don't know who her attorney is, but um, she's been advised quite well to not just go on 60 minutes and not disappear before the Senate committee, but also to file claim directly with the SEC and preserve her pr protection rights as a whistleblower. Pretty, pretty smart attorney and pretty smart of them. Yeah, well, I think the philosophy was uh... They wanted to get it out in all directions because they were concerned uh, that if you go to Congress with this, it may not it may not get public. And so she went public. And of course, that agency uh, is it in itself. It may not be so public, but when the business community finds out, you know, what she submitted to them, it will get public from that point of view, from the business community point of view. She's doing everything she can. And it's right. It's right that she does everything she can. You know, when you when you hear her speak and you hear the conclusions and, um, you know, prognostications that she draws from what she knows right now, it is terrifying. 
And it is terrifying from a, 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 and she made this statement in so many words, from the point of view of our democracy. You know, here on American What Now, we talk about this all the time. Those factors that erode our democracy. Well, Facebook hasn't done this country any, any benefit, any good, as far as I'm concerned. I don't use it myself. I don't really appreciate it. Um, well, I think it remember a month ago, you, you took uh, Think Tech Hawaii off that platform. You, you made a decision that Facebook was not overseeing the, the divisiveness that's being posted. Uh, the algorithms that um, were being used to polarize Americans against each other, and particularly regarding the COVID virus and the 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 the, the treatments for COVID, and certainly now uh, the political um, conflicts that we face. So you made a conscientious decision to take it off. Um, well, I don't know if a lot of people have done that yet. No, I don't think so because they they are in the same ball game that Zuckerberg is in. Let's. Let's hear all the uh, raw meat. Let's get excited. You know, it's very clear from uh, Francis, is her name Francis? Uh, Haugen. Haugen. It's very clear from her testimony that this is not a mistake. It's not accidental. It's not like you would expect in the random selection of news and postings. It's an algorithm that prioritizes. It pushes to the top of the heap for more public inspection, more public, uh, quote, engagement. Okay, the stories that are the most outrageous. And so this kind of approach to engagement, which is written in their algorithm, which is part of their essential technology, um, you know, is wrecking things. Now, I'm not saying that nobody else does this. Some others do this too. I mean, on a lesser scale, you know, even the local networks, they'll focus on, um, you know, automobile accidents and crime, uh, celebrities. Uh, you know, little social feature stories that don't mean anything, um, weather and sports, but national news, uh, commentary about, you know, the, you know, the national scene on, on COVID, on public policy, on our democracy, you don't cover that very much. And so, you know, they're going to cover the raw meat because they think that the public wants that only. They think the public doesn't care about the national news. And, and it dumbs down the public when they when they take that analysis. So I, I feel that um, you know Facebook is part of something, but it is a leader in this regard because it reaches so many people and it provides such a disservice not only to us but the world. You know, one of the most uh, ridiculous things is that Facebook was in Myanmar, and Facebook you know caused an insurrection there. It caused violence by by uh, fulminating, fomenting um, these two opposite sides. You can do that so easily. That's what Russia does with the ERA. They'll write, they'll write notes, probably using Facebook, to both sides of an issue, tell them to meet on a street corner and beat each other up. What's this about? You know, Jay, you've gone to something because these algorithms, I mean, they really target your anger and your emotions. I mean, there's a very psychological tool that's being used and it is being used to obviously get more hits and the more hits, then they go to their advertisers and say, see how many hits this particular topic is getting and advertisers say, okay, let's put our ads on it. And that ad, more ads means more profit. So this is really a, a very Machiavellian uh, corporate strategy to not only um, get more ad play, therefore more profit, but also unlike what Dr. Wigan tried to, to portray is 
spiking of nicotine, but in this case, it's psychological addiction uh, to hatred and, 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 you know, people's emotions. And that's where I think Congress really needs to focus on to say, what kind of, um, what kind of portrayal are, are we doing for our kids that are also on Facebook and Instagram and, and what's up? So um, another thing that um, um, Frances Haugen pointed out in her testimony and the 60 Minutes interview was that uh, despite Mark Zuckerberg's um, claims that uh, his company's transparent and they've hired thousands upon thousands of employees to oversee content, uh, her internal documents that she's portrayed is that at best, maybe 10%, five to 10% of content's really being discovered. And that leaves for 90% that's not being touched. So um, the, under, you know, the underscoring of how many employees that Facebook hires is woefully low and their public relations department has really um, put out a nice news story on what a great job they're doing to prevent this content. Yeah, and the, and the group they had in place, I mean, maybe it was just a charade, but, but the group they had in place before the election to stop false news uh, was disbanded at the time of the election. Uh, and they haven't, they haven't been doing that. They, what did she say, Haugen said that they had dispersed the team to among the company. And our own Brian Schatz was questioning her at this hearing a couple of days ago, was it? And um, maybe yesterday. Maybe it'll go on more today. I don't know. Um, but what, you know what's uh, what's happening is that uh, they um, they are they are not changing the algorithm, and the people they dispersed from the team um, essentially represented the fact that the team was terminated, and that effort was terminated. So you know, we got a problem in River City here. Yeah, they've been they've been they've been um, shining us on about their efforts. You know, really. You know, going forward, and going forward is much more important to social media than looking back. Um, that algorithm is still there, and that algorithm it doesn't you know require a, a million billion people uh, to get the stuff off the web. It can be automated. Everything here can be automated. Change the priority of the news. Ch take that stuff off. Don't even let it go on. And they can use uh, you know word search and all those things. Um, the same thing that the government uses to try to identify the bad stuff uh, using artificial intelligence and just not let it on. Yeah. Not, you, know, you know, reject reject the post. Uh, it's so easy to do that. Uh, they don't need to spend a lot of money on it. But let me assure you, they have tons of money to spend on it. They do have tons of money. Uh, actually, they have a trillion dollars They're a trillion dollar company. So, you know, one of the things that she, she revealed that I thought was really on um, the smoking gun was they knew that the election was coming up. They knew that their algorithms could potentially lead into a, you know, some horrible violent event on election day. So they turned off the algorithm. And then once they got past the election, they turned it back on. And lo and behold, not soon after we had January 6th. So I'm wondering if the Jan January 6th uh, select committee in the House We'll actually want to bring her forward and and ask her a little bit more about that. Um, did Facebook have a hand in, you know, providing information for those who went to the Capitol that day and and stormed it? Um, was there a causal connection? Was there a correlation? And so we'll find out more about that too. I remember the story of um, the the twenty uh, sixteen election, 
where uh, Facebook actually embedded uh, its um, consultants into the Trump campaign, but they did not embed their consultants into the Clinton campaign. Now that could be what they said was she didn't want them. But the bottom line is um, that wasn't fair reporting. The bottom line is they were in one camp, but not the other. And they were using their remarkable influence to help him in that election. I don't know what happened in 2020. Um, maybe they were not involved because they had been criticized for the one in 2016. But the bottom line is there's there's no regulation of this company. They're not they're not regulated by the FCC. They're not regulated by any governmental agency. Maybe the SEC is a really new and important idea because they have to have some respect for the for the public interest. What's happening here is this runaway um, reporting. I shouldn't, not even reporting. It's a runaway platform, and they yeah, know it. Yeah. And they know it, and they don't do anything about it. And it has done extraordinary destruction uh, to our health and to our democracy, among other things. It has exacerbated the, the division, the dividing of our country. It, it, has, it has done extraordinary damage. Well, you know, not only did she paint what Facebook is doing behind closed doors and uh, some of the misrepresentation via their public relations department, but she also has some recommendations for Congress. And one of those recommendations was clean up Section 230 and uh, make Facebook accountable um, and potentially liable for lawsuits in the future. So that's uh, uh, you know something that's been kicked around for now a year or a year and a half, two years about amending uh, Section 230, which I think went in place years ago, 20, 20 25 years ago. Also, it was surprising that she said, don't break up Facebook. Um, you are only going to create more little Frankensteins. I think the term Frankenstein was used. You're going to create more little Frankenstein versus one big Frankenstein. So don't her recommendations mm -hmm. don't don't break them up. And then of course she was saying that you know um, that this isn't just a Democrat or Republican issue. It's an American public issue. And as part of that, um, the fingers point at Instagram and how teenage girls are being adversely impacted, particularly about their body image. And uh, the fact that this is causing all sorts of um, mental illness for, for these teenage girls. And, you know, teenage girls, boys at that age have enough problems not to be uh, amplified by Facebook or Instagram or any other social media. They have a hard enough time as it is. So, um, so her testimony was very, um, really a lot of revelations, I thought. And I want to get your opinion about what you thought about some of her suggestions on what uh, Congress could do when it comes to Facebook and you know other social media companies. Yeah, but but first let's emphasize that this is global. It's not just the US. And uh, it may be in some places even worse because people are suggestible. Remember that everybody in the world has a smartphone. Uh, you know, there are billions of smartphones out there, uh, even in developing countries. And what do they look at at the smartphone? Facebook. Uh, it, she's, it going to, she's going to have testimony before in Canada. She's going to be providing testimony before their uh, bodies of government. So, uh, you know, keeping that in mind, um, I think, um, you know, the question here is leadership. It's not only, you know, taking some action about what's happening in the U.S. It's a U.S. company, and we are most familiar with the effect in the U.S. 
um, but it's also global. And leadership means that the United States government has to do something. If you recall, it was a year, a year and a half ago during the Trump administration, um, where the Congress had hearings and they invited Zuckerberg and other big tech guys to come down and talk about it. And I remember Zuckerberg's testimony and I, my own reaction was that he was bamboozling them. Uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't know it well enough. They didn't know how it worked. And he was, um, I would say, giving him information that was confusing them. So they didn't do anything. And they went back to the drawing boards for a year, a year and a half, and before they had any other hearings on this, and which I find remarkable. Because uh, you, know, you think that those guys who walk around in the Capitol building know what they're doing, think again. Uh, maybe a handful, but most of them not. And, and the result is uh, they, they, were, they had developed no political intelligence or will in the first set of hearings. They just put it off for a year or more until now about what to do. So query, are they more sophisticated now? Is she going to be, you know, their path to sophistication? Are they going to conduct other examination of other witnesses that are going to look for other whistleblowers? Are they going to formulate a plan to deal with this? Um, you know, I really, I'm, I have no confidence in Congress. Does anybody have well, confidence? Well, let me, let me in suggest Congress? something. Let me suggest something. The House of Representatives, by definition, because they're every two year term, by definition, have a much younger. Uh, demographic than the Senate. And because of that demographic, by definitions, a lot of those representatives understand technology a whole lot better than their counterparts in the Senate. And so therefore, uh, you might see the House actually come up with some more uh, palatable um, reforms of social media than you will see come out of the Senate. Yeah, but the Senate is a brick wall. <clears throat> you know, Biden can't get any of, any of his initiatives through. And neither can the people, you know, presumably awaken people in the House. And by the way, I want to make a distinction. You know, you can have people who are Akamai about Facebook all over town, but they have to be Akamai about the public policy impacts. I mean, if they tell you, oh, yeah, I know about Facebook, I use Facebook every day. That's like a point against them. Um, they have to see it from the 50,000 foot level, what mm -hmm. it's doing to us, not because it gives them a thrill somehow. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to mention is that, well, aside from the fact that Congress can't get anything done, it's hard to stop them. You have to regulate them. There's First Amendment issues. There's the Section 230 approach, which she is right. That should happen. That Congress should do that immediately. Uh, that will allow anyone who has been injured to come forward. Uh, and, and they can you know, attack Facebook legally on the basis that they've been injured. And Facebook uh, cannot have the defenses saying, oh, we just, we just, we're observers, that's all. Uh, we just uh, let everybody come on. Even in a classical newspaper, you know, there is an editorial process. Um, and hopefully, you know, other media is not doing what Facebook is doing, although I think in some cases it is. It's allowing news on that is, uh, that is um, raw meat news, trying to excite people, get viewers. Let me say also that, you know, what, what's happened in our news consumption and production in, in the world today um, is, that, is that viewership is everything because viewership converts to advertising dollars and advertising dollars convert to the bottom line. So in our capitalist media society, and it's all 
capitalist media. Um, what happens is uh, the bottom line drives the company, the media company, and all its management and staff to put that kind of news on first and to focus on it and do it again and again. You know, like even on cable, you can see how interested they are in making a buck. You know, out of every 10 minutes, you get five minutes of commercials. And the same commercials over, it's really insulting to your intelligence. Yeah. I really can't stand it anymore. Um, but, you know, um, that that is all over town. What's happened in our media community is the same process you're describing and Francis Haugen is describing in, in Facebook. Put on the hot stuff, put on the raw meat, get more advertising bucks. That's the way. And this is ruining the country. The culture has gone south. Congress has to do something. So Section 230 would be good. But I would like to see somebody get in there and evaluate that algorithm and all the algorithms. Oh, they're not going to let that go. They're, they're not going to share that. I guarantee you they're, that's not going to be shared for one minute. That's proprietary. That will be their position and it will not be shared with Congress or anybody else. Well, we'll remember see. they have hundreds of millions of dollars to lobby and yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars to litigate those issues in a regulatory forum. I agree. So and that's why right. that, yeah, they're not going to see gonna those algorithms. You know, I want to take issue with one thing you said about the Senate um, being a, a brick wall on this issue. You know, if you watch some of that testimony, usually when it comes to Senate hearings and even the House of Representative Committee hearings, uh, you see a lot of grandstanding from the from both sides, a lot of posturing. I didn't see a lot of that yesterday. I didn't see a lot of um, long winded speeches from politicians. What I saw was uh, well thoughtful. Um, and directed pointed questions to this witness. And she answered them very well, but I was impressed that the politicians in that room on that committee weren't grandstanding. And that led me to believe that maybe this was a bipartisan issue to clean up this, uh, this issue with social media companies and what they're doing to the American fabric. I understand that we're not on the same page with that. Um, and let me say this, that whatever they do and say in these hearings is a long way to, to legislation. It's a long, long way. And, and if you look at the composition of the Senate under uh, right now under uh, Mitch uh, McConnell, and you look at it after the 2022 elections, it, it could be much worse. So who's driving you know, the negative force in the Senate? Well, it's the Trumpers. It's the ones who don't want to talk about investigations over uh, you know, the insurrection. It's the ones who want to limit, you know, Biden's uh, initiatives or stop them altogether. Um, and it's the one, and this is the important thing, it's the ones who seem to be uh, encouraging division in the country. Um, and if you say, just so logistically, uh, Francis Haugen is, is, is making the point that Facebook divides the country it also provides a platform for these guys, uh, you know, in the Senate, in the, in the legislature, uh, to make negative statements of one kind or another about the Democrats and their initiatives and, you know, divide the country that way. At the bottom line, at the end of the day, when Mitch McConnell has his control over the vote in the Senate, I don't think they're going to vote one vote, not one vote, um, to protect the public on Facebook. Okay. You know, we're almost out of time. Um, we didn't get to what Facebook responded. Maybe um, that's for another conversation another day, but I was, I was taken back on, 
you know, with a company that has these kind of assets, the lame response that they came out against uh, uh, Ms. Hogan, and, and they basically said she's a low-line employee, never had exposure to senior management, and misinterpreted what the internal documents stated. Um, if that's the best they can do, um, it wasn't very good. So, uh, you know, I know then um, uh, Zuckerberg then did a 1,300-word um, post about, you know, why Facebook would even want to take issue with, why would they do these things? Uh, it's not in their best interest. And some of those explanations are very, very lame. And so um, I suspect they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and say, how do we really uh, address this political public relations nightmare before it affects our bottom line and advertisers start to pull out? Well, you know, if you really want to do something interesting, Tim, go on Facebook and write a 1300 word summary of how you feel about it and why people should you know, cancel their, their accounts, accounts with Facebook and see how high that gets on the priority list, Good if point. at all. Yeah. So your last thoughts and feelings about this story and um, where it goes from here? Well, you know, we kind of knew they were, they were, you know, gaming the system with us. Um, and I, I, I'm really upset that it's, it's not just them, it's the American need for greed and, and bottom line profit um, without regard for how it affects the public. But the media has a leverage. The media affects public opinion more than other things. The media has, uh, is at least substantially responsible for our current divisiveness. And Facebook is right at the top of the heap, way above the others. And, and it hasn't done anything to stop that. And the government must act or we will pay a horrendous price going forward. Last question. Do advertisers respond to this? Do they consider their options and, and uh, their advertising dollars? Do they retract from Facebook and other, other companies like it, Instagram? Which well, is Facebook, by the way. Sorry about that. It is. Yeah, Facebook. it is. It is. And, and, the, and the chat program, too. Um, so, you know, my, my feeling is that corporate America, which provides a lot of the funding and the advertising revenue to Facebook, uh, is, is going to be driven by the same principles. If they think they're going to get a benefit um, uh, in, in advertising on Facebook and earn some money, have their numbers, their sales go up, they're going to stay around. A lot of them have proven that in the case of the insurrection uh, issues that are emerged over the, the same question. And my guess is that there'll be a few who are concerned about you know, public policy and impact on the country. Um, but I think a great number of them will uh, keep trucking with Facebook, keep, keep advertising on Facebook, keep paying that money so they can make leverage on it with their own sales. And that's really sad. And we need to change the culture over that. All right, Jay, you get the last word on that. And I want to thank you for your participation on this topic. I think it's something that we'll be watching and we'll see in the news a lot more here in the next uh, six to 12 months. We'll see. So thank you again. I'm Tim Apicella, your host with What Now America. Please join us next Wednesday at 11 o'clock, and we'll have a new topic and a new day. Until then, aloha.